Hi, this is Mark Wade, writer of Daredevil, and you're listening to Longbox Heroes. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 494 of Longbox Heroes, the Lamborghini of comic book podcasts. I'm Todd, joined with Joe. How are we doing today, Joe? You think we're going to make it to 500, Todd? I think we're going to make it to 500. We're going to make it slowly because you're groggy. Yeah, uh, I'm a little bit more uh, on the ball, maybe, possibly, easy, (laughs) steady, googly. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, this is a comic book podcast talking about stuff and related to comic books. You know, we have our TV shows and stuff, but uh, we're going to do our best to to be as positive and upbeat as we possibly can with everything that's going on in the world. Hopefully to take your mind off whatever might be going on, even if it's just for an hour or whatever the time of this episode is going to be, you know. Mm-hmm. And I won't try to push your buttons too much this episode. So. Yeah, you do what you got to do, you know, I, just... Uh, just just don't expect as much pushback as you typically get. Oh, then I can run wild. You know? uh. Uh, but uh, it is a light it is a light show on news. But basically, it's late books again, and then how uh, the coronavirus is affecting everything from yeah. TV shows to comics to you know retailers to uh, grading and, and and everything in between, and uh, cons too. How it's affecting cons. So that'll be in con news. Also, we'll have free digital books and sales. What we read last week, which was The Immortal Hulk 32 and Thor number four. What we're looking forward to this week, because we actually got our books. And uh, there was no art attack. So at the end of the show, there will be spoiler-filled talk of Legends of Tomorrow and Flash. And that's everything, I believe. I just rocketed through it, because I have energy. I have the energy you don't, Joe. Right, and even if we did want to see Bloodshot this past weekend, I don't think legally we were allowed to, right? Um, as a matter of fact, uh, when I was dropping your books off uh, earlier today, I was driving past Cinemark, and it was closed. They've closed a lot of... Regal definitely has closed for two weeks, and I think Cinemark's, the, whatever they are, the AMCs or whatever, they're closed for two weeks, Yeah, at least. Oh boy! So let's kind of start with the lighter stuff—the stuff that mm-hmm. we typically always talk about here on this uh, this dopey show of ours. <laughs> yes. And uh, who knows how much more books will be late as the world continues to spiral? Um, <laughs> starting out positive. <laughs> hey, I'm bringing the heat, Joe. Oh my goodness! So, um, we had a bunch of books last week. That were perennially late books just get canceled and to be resolicited at a later date. Um, now, officially on the docket of things is the Harley Quinn and Birds of Prey, Joe Casada or Joe Casada, uh, Jimmy Pagliotti and Amanda Connor book has been delayed only two weeks now, uh, as of the recording of this. Uh, fallout of Dan DiDio losing his publisher or co-publisher job at DC. Both he and uh, Shane Davis was the artist on that. I believe so. Uh, both of them said, no, no, the book is still going to come out. But now the book is being delayed uh, for the next couple of weeks. Even though Shane Davis, after Dan got let go, was like, no, we have, we're ready to go. We have like up to issue 10 ready to go. And now it's <laughs> late, you know. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, in a change of things, Legion, not late, but now Young Justice is late. Mm, well, that one's probably Bendis, uh, because I know the Legion of Superheroes is Ryan Sook, because we always joke at the shop that Ryan Sook can't hit a deadline to save his life. I I, I recall when the Legion book was first announced. I think you might have even said that if he's on that book for three issues, that's going to be a long time. Mm-hmm. So. And of course, in the interest of fairness, as we do uh, <laughs> every week when discussing DC having late or canceled or postponed books, issue four of the J.J. Abrams Spider-Man is still ska- scheduled for the 8th of April. Issue five is still scheduled for the 27th of May. Uh, we're still in another two weeks, three weeks, I think, from an official cutoff uh, on issue four. But I say that book is never coming out. I still say it will. I have high hopes for J.J. Abrams' young child. Mm-hmm. Now, I know um, this is going to get into everything else that is going on. The, again, doom and gloom of the world of today mm-hmm. is... Um, Two of the shows that we watch here on the show, The Flash and Legends of Tomorrow, uh, I guess have ceased production. Uh, Flash, definitely. I think Legion, because Legion, Legends, because they have less episodes, is Mm -hmm. done filming. um, Because uh, Legends or Flash has like 22 or 23 of 24 episodes or something like that. So they have a bunch more to go. But I think Legends might actually be done uh, recording altogether. Mm hmm. So as if we're recording this, the uh, both Legends and Flash have a new episode. It looks like next week Flash is a new episode. I just checked my DV, uh, my recording, okay. and next week uh, uh, both Legends and Flash are repeats, which I don't think they were supposed to be. I think they were supposed to be new episodes, so I don't know if they're trying to stretch out what they have left. Uh, I don't know. I figured now would be a great time with a lot of people in their houses to have new TVs, uh, new uh, new shows on or on non repeats is what I'm trying to say. Right. I know a lot of other CW shows. I think like Riverdale and a couple other ones had a halt production for mm-hmm. this reason. I think everything's just going to start halting production. You know. Yeah. Yeah, but it looks like after this week's episodes of both those shows, it doesn't look like there's going to be anything at the very earliest until like the first week of April. Right. And we'll check our schedule when we get closer. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so more delays, as Todd pointed out to me before we started recording, uh, arguably the beginning of the, well, we already, well, we didn't talk about it here, but the, I think it was two years ago when they moved up the release date of uh, Infinity, uh, Avengers Infinity War. So like the last week of April or the third week of April, the summer movie season just gets earlier and earlier every year. Right. And I think the first official release of new summer, which is April was going to be the new fast and the furious movie. And that has been delayed officially to next year. Right. Whereas what would be the next official movie of the summer Black Widow, the Marvel movie, you know, kicking off whatever this leg of the new Marvel Cinematic Universe is, that movie has been postponed as well with no date in sight. 
Right. And I think that was all in the cards before this, because obviously they're shutting things down here, but they didn't want to lose that uh, money in China. You know what I mean? Like that, that, I have a feeling they were like looking at it. It was like, oh, we're going to do it for that. And then this is just a, just a little on the end to add to it. But, you know, who knows when we'll see a lot of actual movies coming back into theaters. Well, I, I did notice um, that a lot of folks, you, you know, you mentioned, of course, with people being stuck in your homes or limited access to leaving your home. Uh, a lot of streaming services and a lot of uh, distributors are putting stuff out earlier. I know, like, stealthily, kind of like not making a big deal of it, Frozen 2 came out on Disney Plus over the weekend. Right, right. And a bunch of more recent released movies. I know the Harley Quinn movie, the the Blumhouse Invisible Man movie are going to be available in, like, VOD, like, next week. Right, that's what I heard, too. Yeah. I guess, you know. Video on demand, which is your cable company or whatever. I don't know how they they you they do all that. I know I'll probably be able to buy it through my cable company if I wanted to watch. I might watch Harley Quinn while I'm home. Yeah, seems like something to do. That could be a thing that we could talk about on the show, right? In a couple weeks when that comes out, it's supposed to come out, um, like next week. I think like Tuesday because right. like Tuesday is like official, and it's it's so weird because I don't pay attention to home release things anymore because like the home release schedule is so weird now the way things work yeah and even if i want i don't i don't pay attention to the home release because if it was a movie i wanted to see i would have saw it in the theater yeah but i i remember you know not that long ago it was a big deal to keep track of things that came out on a tuesday and i know we've discussed this on the show before but a lot of places would get their shipment of stuff on a sunday or monday Mm-hmm. And put them out on sale for Tuesdays, whether yep. it be video games or whether it be music, um, you know, m- movies as we're talking here, things like that. Magazines, I know, was a big deal, but a lot of times, like most Joe Schmo magazine stores, would just be like, oh, they're here on Sunday, they're going out on Sunday, you know. Mm-hmm. And I remember, do you remember when they were trying to move New Comic Day? To yep. be like that big, uh, that big entertainment day, and we're like, no, you'll get lost in the shuffle. Yep. Like New Comic Book Day is Wednesday. Don't mess with that. Yeah. Well, before we segue into that, I I was, um, you know, I'd been out of video games for a good chunk of ten plus years, and I know a lot of times video games will come out on a Tuesday as well, as you say, lost in the shuffle. But Nintendo always officially puts their stuff out on Fridays. Because Nintendo is such a powerhouse that they can do that. I'll take your word for it. Because I only play Grand Theft Auto and Red Dead Redemptions. That's right. all I play. And, and I, may have, oh, I may have told this story on here before, uh, but it bears repeating. Many <laughs> years ago when there was discussion, I say many years ago, like two, three years ago, when there was talk about Sony and or Microsoft doing something about codes with games when you buy them that would either limit or prohibit, like, resale of games. Right. And places like GameStop were up in arms, gamers themselves were up in arms. Like, it was this whole thing of, like, okay, you buy the game, and it comes with a code, and that code gives you X content. Well, when you resell the game, that code stays with your system and your profile, 
And if that person who is reset, like, was going to buy the used copy of it, if they want that X content, and whether it be bonus content or very specific, unique, or whatever content, they would have to pay, like, a licensing fee as well. Something like that, right? Right. But I remember it differently, but go ahead. Okay, well, how do you remember it? I remember it for a while was that they were going to be, if you bought a video game, you weren't able to, uh, now it was only one of the companies. Um, I forget which one, uh, that if you bought a video game with the thing, you weren't able to, to, to sell it, resell it at all. It was yours forever. Um, non-transferable. And I remember one of the, the tweets, the other company put out and said, do you know how we share games? And it's like, you're able to do this. You just hand somebody a game and you know, you know, it's yours now. If you want to borrow it or you want to buy it, 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 it's yours now. And that's the way I remember it is that there was no transferable at all. But I could be wrong because I only play like three games. Right. So uh, where I was going with this was, and I couldn't remember the exact specifics of it because the thing that I focused more so on was Nintendo's remarks about this. Mm-hmm. Was that Nintendo said, this isn't a concern of us. Because typically when we make a game, people want to keep it forever. That is a good, that is a good reply. Right. So, and like, obviously that's like a big baller statement to make. Cause I do know people that sell and resell Nintendo games, but you know, even today there was a period of time when I was starting to get back into video games. The last video game system that I had was the Nintendo GameCube. <laughs> and even in 2020, the Nintendo GameCube, a system that's, 15 years old or whatever it is, a lot of those games still go for a hefty chunk of money. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there aren't as many PlayStation or Xbox games that go for a hefty chunk of money. No, not that I can think of. Right. So you mentioned about things moving media wise from when, from uh, everything being on Tuesday. Well, with, you know, the coronavirus stuff that's going on, at mm-hmm. least for this week, uh, Diamond and distributors and so forth were allowing the comic book shops, if they wanted to, sell their books on Tuesday. Yep, which is a good thing. Right, which is a good thing. Um, you know, our local shop kind of did a deal where where we are in northeastern Pennsylvania. Um, it's essential businesses. And, you know, some would say that comic books are essential to, at the very least, Todd and I. Mm-hmm. So they are doing a curbside service where, you know, a lot of other companies are doing it. I saw Jeff Lemire and a lot of other creators really giving a big push for this to, you know, if you're a comic book person, check with your local shop to see if they're doing something like this. Um, You know, if they, you know, however you can help your local comic book shop out during these times, because, you know, there's tons of businesses that are going to be hurt by this. And, you know, I know people in the restaurant side of business, you know, the restaurant side of things are like help the restaurant people. And, you know, we're a comic book show, so help the comic book people. Uh, but luckily Todd was able to pick up both my and his books this week. Yeah. Uh, whether or not this will still be an option that we have next week, we will cross that bridge when we come to it. But uh, a lot of retailers are, uh, we're selling their books on Tuesday. Yep, they were selling them, like you said, curbside. And a lot of them, you know, have mail order. I know our local shop does mail order. So they're like, you know, we're we're mailing it out to you at at cost. There's no, like, we're no markup. Whatever, uh, 
whatever it costs for us to ship it to you, we can prove it to you. This is what it was. This is what it's going to be. You know what I mean? Like there's no, you know, and I think that's good because this is one of them that that's, you know, going to, going to hurt. Cause I've, you said, you're not to, to, to the government. It's not essential to us. Like you said, it is, but uh, you know, comic shops hurt on a regular basis because people let their pull lists fill up and then they go, oh, I don't want that anymore. Ah, you can sell it. It's like, well, no, like you were supposed to buy it. And I think this could eat this, this could hurt them because like people who have that stuff are just going to walk away anyway. Cause they go, well, we don't have to even go. Cause you know, they're closed. But from what I saw today, talking to uh, uh, the, the person who brought my books out said that they had a lot of, they didn't have a lot of customers yet, but they had a lot of customers prepay. Cause that was their deal. They're like, Oh, we'll pull the books for you and curbside, but you have to prepay. So, you know, cause you can't come in and use the register and we can't be running in and out with your card cause we need information. But I guess they got a lot of prepays and it's just a matter of when they come to pick up their stuff. So that gives me hope, uh, for our, you know, like for our, our little comic retail shop that, that can go, you know, so, um, support your local, you know, comic shop if you can, if they have the curbside or the mail order. Right, and of course, if you're a retailer as well, uh, I guess Image and Dynamite um, have said at least for the next three weeks, um, you know, final order cutoff, anything that had that final order cutoff for the next three weeks um, is going to be 100% returnable. You know, no fee or no charge or no anything else like this. Right, which helps the retailer immensely because it's a time of, you know, indecision right now. You don't know right. what, what to do and what you're going to be stuck with. So I think that that's actually great by those two companies. Yep. Um, I'm I'm sure a lot of other small, I think Aftershock may have done it as well. Right. Uh, obviously, everyone wondering whether or not Marvel or DC will do this as well. But, you know, we, we shall see. It's a lot going on. You know, Marvel and DC have a lot more irons in the fire than Image or... Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Dynamite or Aftershock or whatever, where a majority of what they're doing is those comic books, right? Where the comics are actually just a small part of you know what what uh, Marvel and DC are doing. You know, right? I think it would be nice if they did, but what what do you think they're going to do? You think that Marvel or DC is going to make anything returnable? I think they're going to wait until we could see a finish line with whatever's going on with this. Mm-hmm. Before they make any sort of announcement. Fair enough. I I almost don't think they'll make anything returnable. I think they may do stuff in the future with ordering, mm-hmm. um, but everything you you bought it, you own it, because you know they have the they have the the pockets to 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 be able to to and the necessity. You need Marvel and DC to run a comic shop, so they're going to be like, yeah, you. But would be nice, but I have a feeling they won't be nice. Yeah, that's neither here nor there. Uh, well, well, one company that's doing a uh, a great job of helping everyone with this is CGC, uh, as we'll get to in the uh, convention segment of the show. Uh, CGC has suspended travel for its employees for the next month um, until the middle of April, and they, during this time, they're adjusting their membership requirements to allow free CGC members to submit directly. And they're also offering a discounted rate on their shipping kits, which we poke fun at here on this very show a couple weeks ago. Right. I thought you liked them. No, I have people trying to get me to like them, and they're never going to get me on oh, the CGC okay. boat, if you will. Into that opportunity, you can get ground floor. Uh-huh. 
PGX. You know, if anything, I was thinking, if I was ever going to CGC anything, I would CGC one or two books. Um, one would be this issue of Exiles from a couple years ago, mm-hmm. where in Exiles they introduced a Peggy Carter version of Captain America. Okay, which is going to be in that cartoon now? Well, it's going to be in the cartoon now, but it made its first appearance debut was created solely for my Marvel Puzzle Quest game. Oh, I remember that, yeah. Like, for all the different Marvel video games, they were all tasked with creating their version of a Captain America. Like, uh, Contest of Champions had this, and, you know, Marvel Puzzle Quest had Peggy Carter, Captain America. And, like, there were, like, four different ones, but the Peggy Carter one was the one that, I guess, connected or resonated with enough folks that it made it into the comic book, it made it into... uh, the upcoming cartoon. So they did an issue of exiles where there was the normal cover and then they did a separate variant cover. And that's the first time that I, you know, I think we talked a while ago, um, paying more than cover price for something. And I think I ended up paying like eight bucks, nine bucks, whatever it was. Right. Not 25. No, not 25. I wasn't reading the book, but it was just more so because it was like a clear tie in to one of the few video games that I played. I'd probably get that sent out for CGC just to see what that would do. Cause it's a book I'm never going to read, you know? Mm-hmm. And it has like some sentimental value to me. And I would send out a uh, flash 182. Oh my goodness. Yep. But what, wouldn't you try to find a 9.8 or a 10 that you could send out and get uh, you want the best. I see now that that's where I, that's why I wouldn't be able to get into it because I have a copy. And I send that out, that's getting an 8 at best. I was going to say, you read that many, many times. How is that going to get a 9.8? Right. But it would be less than it would be a 9.8 and more than it's a book that I have sentimental value for. I, I get you. I get you. Now, would you now would you send it to be PGX instead? They haven't returned my email, so I don't know. Uh, yeah. they, they have been unable to reach them for comment. Yeah, now's not the time where I'm going to kind of beat those feet. You know what I mean? Right. No, I know. I think they may have bigger fish to fry. Mm -hmm. Now, um, this is the part of the show where we would typically talk about uh, conventions. Yes. That were happening this weekend, Todd. And uh, we had some notes about some of the more big cancellations uh, that was going on. Like Wizard has suspended all their cons and Ace Comic Con, which is the former Wizard, has suspended all of their things. WonderCon, which I think was like the next big one on the schedule with Emerald City being canceled. Yes, WonderCon um, is one of the big ones. Right. So they are doing uh, something called AtomaCon, which and is going to be happening nearby where WonderCon was going to be. Mm-hmm. And I think it was more or less taking the place um of what WonderCon was going to be right. and then i decided to myself because that was taking up such a bulk of what i had there i went i looked at uh what conventions were planned for this weekend mm-hmm. and todd wouldn't you know who won the pony they're all postponed or canceled or otherwise no doubt in my mind that was gonna happen but yep right and so the reason that i went was and there's a hub that we use primarily for a lot of comics and it's so funny too 
or for a bunch of comic book conventions. And it's so funny, too, that, like, this site specifically doesn't include the two wizard-aligned comic conventions. Mm-hmm. Um, like, so this weekend, uh, Planet, Can- Planet Comic Con in Kansas City postponed to August. Uh, Collective Con in Jacksonville, Florida postponed to July. Uh, Super Jersey Comic Expo postponed to August. Harrisburg Comic and Pop Culture Con postponed to September. MCM Comic Con in Birmingham is now suspended to what appears to be August. Uh, Ithaca Comic Con in Ithaca, New York is just outright canceled with no future date announced. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sacramento Comic Con is now postponed to June. And Brick City Comic Con in Ocala, Florida is postponed with no, or they, they have an official date as of yesterday of May 31st. So, what I'm going to do going forward is. I'm just going to have that link to the site that we use called conventionscene.com that you can see and check what the conventions are coming up. Because I don't think there's going to be any for, at the very least, another two months. I believe so. I mean, if something pops up, we'll mention it. But I don't think, I think you're right. I think it's, I think there's going to be a moratorium on Comic-Cons for a little while. Yeah. Yeah. But also, I have seen, if you're interested in collecting some art and stuff like that, I have seen some uh, some creators, because they're losing a lot of supplemental income from these cons, where they would draw co- commissions or do sketches or whatever. There's a lot of like people who are doing at-home commissions now just because they've lost three months of extra money. I know, like, I'm trying to think of, of some of the people that like Steve rude is doing one, which is, you know, he has, he, which is cheap as $50 to get something like a small head sketch to, I think George Perez is once again, opening his uh, quick sketch lists and stuff like that. So it's, you know, you have to look around, but uh, if you're interested in some artwork that we would have gotten at conventions that you won't be able to get now, um, there's, there's many opportunities happening now because, you know, with the way things are, everybody needs some extra cash, Joe. Right. And, you know, we talk about extra cash and you listening to this may not have that extra cash. So this may line up perfectly for you that you don't have to have these things hanging over your head. We talked before, of course, about checking with your local comic book retailer to see what they're doing. Anything like our local comic book retailer, like many other comic retailers are doing. But as Todd just mentioned, check with some of your favorite creators. They're all active on social media. Everybody's active on social media these days. <laughs> yep. Because Whether they ain't you got much more to else to do, really. Mm-hmm. So check with your local, your your favorite creator. See if, as mentioned, the, the George Perez reopening up his sketch list. That's huge, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, he, was doing- he, he, he stopped. He, yep, he, and- he ended it. And now he's back. Which I think, you know, was maybe misworded that it was going to be just conventions. But now mm-hmm. he's taken some through his art rep. And who actually is Spencer Beck at um, The Artist's Choice, which I could throw that out there if people want to give it a try. And I think he has like a quick head sketch. And it's, when I say quick, George does nice ones for like $200. Mm-hmm. Um, you could see his what he, examples online and stuff like that. And then they have like a full body like one that's like i'm not gonna talk about you're talking comma money but uh yeah i think he's 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 like i said i don't know why he's doing it again but i'm glad that he is yep 
So, like I said, definitely check that out. I don't know who your favorite uh, comic book person is, but I'm sure they're doing something in these uh, these times, you know? Right. I'm done getting artwork for my favorite artist, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> he's not my favorite artist. I'm glad he's still your favorite artist. You yep. know what I mean? Yep. So, anyway, um, hey, while you're in, another thing that you could do, since it seems as though there's going to be no movies or no TV shows. You could always listen to podcasts and uh, soon to be named network at soon to be named network.com soon to be named network.tumblr.com. There's tons of podcasts, whether it be this show, long box heroes, long box heroes after dark profane arguments, puzzle warriors three talking about the uh, aforementioned Marvel puzzle quest. Uh, we've got Wednesday night war. We've got final wrestling place. We've got at odds with wrestling. Uh, we haven't, I haven't crossed the bridge of, uh, how wrestling is going to be handled <laughs> on the wrestling re- show. Uh, there's a but, wrestling bridge. Yeah. Just imagine a lot of the discussions that we're having here about local comic book shops and your favorite retailers and just kind of take those out and just say your favorite indie promotions and your favorite independent wrestlers and, you know, reach out to them directly. I'm sure they're doing stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but any and all of those shows, whenever they come out, uh, they will appear on their specific sites or their specific feeds or podcatchers or soon to be named network.com, soon to be named network.tumblr.com. Uh, also, if you have some free time, you could certainly check out some of the digital sales and freebies that are going on. There are a bunch of sales going on. Marvel is having sales on Spider Woman stuff. And uh, I guess that's because there's a Spider-Woman book coming out. Yes, either this week or next week there's a Spider-Woman book. I I will say this. uh, I I dig the uh, new design that they have for that Mm -hmm. Spider-Woman, the new Spider-Woman costume. I dig it. Okay. Yeah, it looks cool. That's all. Cool beans. It's sleek. It doesn't look like spandex. It doesn't look uh, overtly cheesecake-cakey. It's cool. Uh, they're also having a sale on Teen Heroes stuff. I think that's because of some sort of offshoot of the Champions sort of thing that's going on. Yes, it's the more or less ca- a Champions sale, both old and new Champions books. The, the new book is Outcasts, I believe. Outcasts. Plural, not to be confused with Outcast, uh, which they're going to be putting season two of that TV show at any time soon, I would assume. Video on demand, baby. Yes. Um... Valiant is having a sale on Bloodshot. We mentioned that before, of course, because of the movie. Image is having a sale on Jonathan Hickman-related books. And Marvel is having a sale, or Marvel. DC is having a sale on crossover stuff. And, you know, it's as tenuous as crossovers as to, like, your big events. (laughs) To stuff like Nightfall, to Blackest Night, and all that sort of jazz. And I haven't really gotten a chance to dig through all of it, but I will say this. If Sinestro Corps War is in that, uh, I would check that out because that's one of the best crossovers of all time, I would say. Right. It done very well. And uh, listen, I the check cleared this week and I love DC, but oh boy, there's a lot of duds in there. Anyway, um, <laughs> you can get uh, what they consider the essential, quote unquote, uh, Green Lantern Corps stuff. For six bucks. That's pretty good. Does not include that one issue of Blue Beetle, unfortunately. But, uh, you know, that's the way that crossovers used to be, you know? Right. 
I was hoping they'd have some, uh, well, Green Lantern for uh, St. Paddy's Day, you know? Sure, should sure. have a good sale or maybe some Immortal Hulk or something. And uh, I'll, I'll, I'll throw this one out there as well. Uh, as a tentative, give it a look. Okay? Right. Uh, again, you got a couple extra bucks laying around. That's great. Uh, maybe you do, maybe you don't. 24 bucks is going to get you Death of Superman, Funeral for a Friend, and Reign of the Superman. That's one of my favorite Superman runs. Yeah. So good, You know man. what? Like, that's, you know, obviously, uh, that's kind of, a lot of people don't point to that being the beginning of the end of the comic book boom, the bubble bursting, if you will, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, that's the first time since, I think, like, John Byrne in 1986 that Superman was good. Um, I mean, in that was the best that it was since John Byrne. Right. Because um, I know, because I do give Dan Jurgens did stories in in uh, Superman before that that were good. They just weren't noticed. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Or, or remembered well. But I believe, you know, I, Death of Superman is one of the greatest Superman stories ever told. So I'm not going to put everything else Dan Jurgens did at that height. But it wasn't much lower than some of that stuff, you know, he's always going to be my Superman writer slash artist. You know what? Um, I'm, uh, that's a tough argument to, uh, that, that's a tough one to disagree with. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, know, he was doing Yaoman's work, if you will, for a very long stretch of time that went, as you mentioned, much underappreciated until the death of Superman stuff. And that was back when, if you had an event, it couldn't just be a shock thing. It actually had to be good to keep people's interest. Mm-hmm. And he was doing a book off like with other people that pretty much people forget that Mike Carlin, the editor of Superman pretty much was juggling a weekly book with Superman at the time, even though there were four titles going on. Cause like they had the, the shield numbers on the cover and the stories like tangentially weaved into that would be like, Oh, while you know, while I'm not doing this anymore in Superman, um, you know, while that's on the back burner, I'm doing this in man of steel. And it was all well kept together before, you know, the, the days of 52 and you know, uh, what was the other one? Countdown to final crisis 52 done. Right. Uh, that that's, that's everything that set up the groundwork. Those Superman books. Yep. And uh, freebies, of course, if you want to check some stuff out. Uh, it's a, I would say it's almost a murderer's row of uh, freebies this week. Uh, first issue of the Modoc Assassin miniseries, which I remember being a lot of fun. Uh, first issue of Iron Patriot, which I also remember being a lot of fun. Uh, first issue of the very recent, I would say less than a year or two ago, uh, Daniel Kibblesmith, who is getting some steam behind him lately these days, Lockjaw miniseries. And the first issue of the Abnet and Landing Guardians of the Galaxy is available for free. Yeah, you know, that helped the Marvel Cinematic Universe have get some get some tread there on the cosmic stuff. Absolutely. And as Todd mentioned, if you like what the cinematic version of Guardians of the Galaxy is, here it was in a comic book 12 years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, however many years ago it was before the first movie came out, whatever it is, like the style, the look, the characters, the team, all of it was this book, right? The attitude, everything. Yep. Uh, so all the links to those will be in the show notes, of course, uh, the sales, the freebies, everything. And uh, let's get into what we're uh, we read from this past week, Todd. 
Sure. I'll start with Thor number four, um, written by Donny Cates, art by Nick Klein. Basically, this at the end of last issue, uh, after the Battle of Beta Ray Bill and Thor, uh, Sif shows up to defend Beta Ray Bill, trying to stop Thor, who's now the Herald of Galactus, uh, trying to destroy this planet so Galactus can get energy to... Uh, stop the uh, cosmic winter that's coming. That's not the exact name, but uh, that destroyed the last universe. And, you know, Galactus and Thor have an uneasy alliance. And Sif basically gives Thor some words like, you know, you're not doing this right. And then we find out something interesting going on with uh, Thor's hammer because uh, Sif does a trick and makes the, the hammer disappear for a little bit. And then in the end, um, basically Thor has these plans to uh, take the, the people off planet that Thor, uh, Galactus is going to eat and things don't go according to plan. So once again, Thor and uh, Galactus are, they just keep, their relationship just keeps getting worse and worse as this, as they're forced to be together. Um, I think of the four issues, this was the, the, the weakest because of the fact that like, there was a lot of the same here. It was like, all right, we know we got to go for the planets. We got to do this. My favorite parts were the Sif and Thor stuff and the bits with the hammer and the, uh, you know, Thor and Galactus, but there was the whole journey of getting those four planets was done really quick. And I don't know. Um, but I still really love this issue. Yeah, it's good. But you, you kind of put a button on exactly what my thoughts on this were. This was the first of the four issues where it felt like, okay, we're in the pattern now. Mm -hmm. I feel as though we already did a similar situation where there were people that Thor was trying to save. And, you know, there's the, I don't want to say upheaval, what's the word I'm looking for, but the contentious relationship between he and Galactus, of course. Uh, he is an unwilling herald of D Galactus, and, you know, obviously things are going to come to a head sooner than later, but it doesn't feel as though we, outside of the, the stuff with the hammer, that's really the only big thing that we got, and it happens kind of in the middle of the issue, and then it's just, like, moved on with the rest of the story, I guess. I, yeah. Though, like I said, I do think it looks beautiful, too. And the the bits of Thor and Galactus going at it are always fantastic, you know. So, and now I guess uh, we're going to get, the, looks like we're heading right into the battle with the big thing that's coming now, hopefully. Because um, that's the way the issue ends, it looks like. Yep. But it's good. Still check it out. Um, you know, I have faith in Donnie Cates for putting out a good story. It's been good so far. I'm, I'm with it, you know? Yep. I am too. And then the, uh, other book that we read from this past week would have been Immortal Hulk number 32 written by Al Ewing with art by Joe Bennett and Javier Rodriguez. Um, you know, we're in the midst of the story of Hulk versus the Minotaur, Dario Auger, what have you. Mm-hmm. And the continuation of his smear campaign to, one, not only ruin the name of the Hulk, but also replace people's memories with a Hulk of not so much of his own making, but a Hulk that he can control and is in his employ and so forth. Right. And again, I, I, I'm not really sure how you pronounce uh, Zemnu's name, but I just said Zemnu, so that's how it's pronounced mm -hmm. until I'm 
told so, otherwise. Right, right. And uh, I like, you know, I'm, I'm with you. I'm on this issue. Uh, people are starting to figure out that may, how Zemnu may be rewriting stuff because they were smart enough to figure out, like, through audio, if it's different than how they remember it. So I, I am enjoying that. And we're, you know, it looks like the 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 full uh, uh, brain of Hulks is getting more uh, Hulks involved as we go because he has the multiple personalities and stuff like that. So I like that. It just seems like you forget how many versions of the Hulk there's been. And it seems like I have a feeling before this whole run is over uh, by, uh, by Al Ewing that we're going to get every version of the Hulk running around in Banner's brain, if you know what I mean. And it's like, when, when are we getting the maestro? Is the maestro here yet? He'll be showing up. The train arrives in 10 minutes. You, you know what I mean? So, well, uh, we do get a tease at the end of this issue of a certain one showing up. Right, but when the the only one that would be better probably would be the maestro, bigger. Mm-hmm. I mean, so that's and, what I and love. One would have to think: Is this Augur's plan? Does he know that by continually to push the Hulk in the way that he is doing so, that he is going to bring the maestro out? I don't think so. I think it's just a byproduct of what we've been getting as as we go because we've been getting more and more before uh, the Minotaur, mm-hmm. and now we're against the Minotaur, and it's growing. Do you know what I mean? It seems like this this plan of Al Ewing's, I mean, to to have all the Hulks was there before, and this is just uh, the Minotaur is pushing it along, helping it along, if you will. Yep. And this is, uh, the art in this issue was just phenomenal. Um, mm-hmm. Joe Bennett's art, there's a bunch of pages, specifically there's the two-page spread of uh, Zemnu uh, feeding. Oh, that creeped me out. Uh-huh. And the, uh, there was another page in there that kind of plays off, like, we get a chunk of the book of people reacting to Zemnu as their memory and of a fun Hulk that they remember in a good way. Mm-hmm. And then we get kind of the mirror recollection of people remembering our Hulk, Green Hulk, Banner Hulk in a bad way. Right. They're ca- and, actually calling him Banner. Right. And everything kind of lines up perfectly with the same people having similar reactions, both sides of the coin. And there's a particular page in question where it's a bunch of TVs that are stacked up with news feeds at one point. Mm-hmm. And then when they revisit that page later, it's very David Cronenberg-esque. See, and uh, seeing something like that in a comic book that you could buy uh, on the shelves in 2020 was pretty cool. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to admit, a little off-putting as well, in a good way. Like, uh, I, I like when it takes, when this book, uh, Immortal Hulk, takes those distressing turns. I'm with you. Um, is that the, that's the one with the TVs kind of busted up, right? That's yeah. the one you're talking about. You know what, I, I got a different vibe than a Cronenberg vibe. You know what I got? I got a Dave Gibbons Watchmen vibe from that. Oh, sure, sure. Right, no, but like, I know what you're saying. I never even thought of Cronenberg in my head because... Watchmen comes first, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, But those books were good. I actually read a bunch of stuff this week, and I'll just throw it out there. Um, Kind of spurned on by our good buddy DJ, co-host of uh, Wings on Wings, which I forgot to mention in the plug, so (gasps) they'll they'll get their own separate mention here. They're too new of a show, you know what I mean? It's uh, sometimes tough to remember these new shows. 
right. and give them their proper due. So he gets his own separate uh, uh, mention here. But DJ had mentioned on Twitter that he had gotten caught up on Chip Zdarsky's uh, Daredevil, and I had some time, so I decided to dive in. I meant to get to you the list of like what the backlog is. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, you know you can understand why I may have been deterred or detracted no, from that. Not a problem. Actually, I it's been off my mind until we started doing the show, and I, we were getting closer to what we what we had to read. And I was like, oh, that's right. So no worries. Oh yeah, you had other stuff on your mind. Yeah. Um. Basically, what I'm gonna have for dinner. That's <laughs> what I'm worried about. So um, I ended up getting completely caught up on uh, Chip Chip Zdarsky's Daredevil and. Uh, a couple other people listening to the show, uh, Dave Puente, uh, World Wrestling Entertainment official, uh, Jason Ayers, they were all talking about it. I chimed in briefly, as I am these days. And uh, yeah, that's it's really good. Zadarsky's Daredevil is really good. Uh, it's the... Once it's all said and done, I'm going to have to kind of do a re-ranking of Daredevil. Daredevil is probably... The longest continuous book, second longest continuous book that I read after Spider-Man. Really? Because I had peaks and valleys on Superman. Like, Superman was it for a long time. Mm -hmm. And that planet Krypton stuff kind of put me off Superman for a couple bits. What? uh, Superman walking across the country didn't bring you back? No, it didn't bring me back. Uh, The end of that did. Um... Who who took that over from Straczynski? Robinson was his name? Not James Robinson. No, was not James? James Robinson. It was someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, hang on one second. I have to look this up now. We're gonna now while, you do, Go ahead. While, you, while you're doing that, I have to think probably my longest run of reading a book has been The Flash. Mm-hmm. I go all the way back constantly from that 87 88 run i don't know when the year was exactly right after crisis i've i've read it since then with uh, even even the new 52 which i'll say i wasn't buying because somebody was getting those in their comp boxes but i was able to get them so technically i still had them but chris roberson ah was he the guy who did i zombie yes okay so he he took over those last like four issues of Straczynski's run on Superman, mm-hmm. and those were really good. Uh, kind of making the most out of what what he was left. And like so there was a period of time there where I wasn't getting Superman, and even like I've got gaps in my Batman collection, you know, that I went back and filled in. Of course, it's like, oh hey, these are a bunch of Ed Brubaker things back before Ed Brubaker was Ed Brubaker, you know. Right now, it doesn't seem like uh, Daredevil would be that high on your list of continuous things you've read for the longest time since Mark Wade created him. It wasn't that long ago. Oh, boy. I'll just say no. Oh, okay. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I'd say like outside of like one miniseries and one more recent run uh, prior to Chip Zdarsky. I think I've got, like, a, a full run of Daredevil from, like, 1995, I'd say, 94, 95. I know on subject, off of subject, I was discussing on Twitter with Josh the other day, like, that how good The Flash was for, like, when it went from Mark Wade into, with, like, one or two or three fill-in issues, into Jeff Johns, and I did the math, and Flash was good for 14 years with two with two different 
like mega writers that were on that book, Flash will never have that kind of run again. Pun intended. Can any book have that kind of run again? Again, I don't think so, because I think the only other run that you would have in there... Um, I know a lot of people will go back to the Silver Age stuff with Kirby and, and Lee on Fantastic Four and everything. Yeah, let's talk uh, like modern era, modern, like 1986 modern. and up. Right, because they were so long on those books. The only one that I can think of that's in there, and it might have started before your 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 cutoff point, but it was close, is Peter David alone on Hulk for 14 years. Like he gets to me is like that book was 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 great, but I don't think you'll ever see a, a 14 year run that's not something that's creator owned mm-hmm. because nobody, nobody is going to run a comic from one of the big two for more than two years. You know what I mean? Like three, well, I'm wrong on that too, but I don't know. Would you, what about Tom King on Batman? Well, I wasn't okay. So I'm not so much as saying, cause you're saying flash was good for 14 years between two sets of writers, right? Right. Yep. Okay. So that's what I'm saying is like, where you have a book that, whether it be one writer, whether it be two writers, whether it be three writers, whether it be four writers, mm-hmm. that consistently for that run, it's that good. I can't think of anything. Like, I, I see what you're saying. Handing the baton, going from one great to another great. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. I see. I thought we were just going for, you know, long runs. I can't think. I well, mean, we, could, we could do one or the other, you know? Right. But looking at handing the baton off... I don't know if there's two writers as good as Wade and Johns that, you know, went back to back that I can't think of, even if it was shorter, even if you want to take the 14 years out of it, because in the, in the, in the uh, Jeff Johns run or not the Jeff Johns, Mark Wade run, uh, Mark Millar came in and Rob uh, Morrison wrote a couple issues. He took a break in there, but uh, that that's fine. But I can't think of that kind of quality back to back. So the okay, so you can an argument can be made mm-hmm. that Batman, and I know you mentioned the Tom King run on Batman, but if you tie in the Scott Snyder run on Batman, and then you tie in the Morrison stuff that came before that, you know, you're at about nine years, maybe ten years of mm-hmm. consistently great to good comics. Now, I'd want to see if it was all back-to-back. And I'm not counting, like I said, three or four fill-ins. Mm-hmm. But, like, wasn't there in there, like, James Robinson doing, like, a crappy run for, like, a like a year? Well, that's what I'm saying. The, 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 uh, the Morrison run had a lot of breaks in it. And, yeah, there was the uh, not-so-great James Robinson run in there. Mm-hmm. But I think, at the very least, the last four to six issues before the new 52 was Morrison, so I'll give you that. Mm-hmm. And then we get from New 52 to now. Even though I do personally believe everything after, like, halfway through Snyder's run wasn't that great. Okay, right, and that's the thing. The argument can be made there, but, mm-hmm. you know, I think if we polled people, they would say maybe otherwise, or maybe they'd agree with us. Like I was looking at the next closest one that I can think that I was able to think of in my head was Bendis on ultimate Spider-Man. 
Bendis was on Ultimate Spider-Man for 11 years. And then did someone take over? Or did they just end it? No, they. it's still ongoing. They, it's changed hands a couple times in right. that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, Bendis was on that book for 11 years before he handed it off to someone else. Right. Modern modern writers, man, they just... You know, there's not there's not many Bendis's Johns or Wade, and I'm not even talking about quality. Whether you like like them to stick around, to have a game plan that long, you know what I mean? Or and not even that to have the kind of stroke that some writers have to do that kind of run. You know what I mean? Like if Jeff Johns wanted to do a a a 14 year run on any book, DC would let him. But it, it just like you, a lot of those writers like. But you see some upcoming Jason Aaron, Jason Aaron, a seven year run on Thor, and now we have. You know, uh, Donnie Cates on it. So let's see how long this run goes. Yep, yep. So I think, uh, you know, the runs are there. They're just not as... uh, And and listen, Daredevil, uh, you know, periods of it may not hold up or periods. And there have been many, many writers, you know, since 1995 when I picked up the book uh, that have come and gone. And, you know, you go from, I can almost name them in order, which is crazy, you know? Oh, I'm shocked with the, some of the things that you've told me over the years about the first, what, 20 WrestleMania attendances, which are completely accurate. I go for, I go, I, I use the numbers that are used for entertainment purposes. Okay. Okay. Uh, but we're kind of off the subject here just cause we're, you know, trying to talk about different things in the, the light of what's going on, you know, but, uh, let's get into the rest of the show. <laughs> Okay. Continuing on here uh, with we talked about what we read from this past week. Let's get into what we're looking forward to coming out this week. Uh, if you head over to longboxheroes.com every Tuesday, whenever, you know, five o'clock <laughs> earlier, whatever, we put up a poll post, which is a link to a link to all the books that are coming out this week. Um, I don't know how you're getting your books these days, <laughs> but, you know, check with your local retailer. Check out your mail order company. Digital still should be available. I assume those go through, uh, you know, midnight Eastern time, like kind of lined up, kissed up with when this book get or this uh, this show gets released. So, uh, you know, be forewarned, be forearmed. Get right, your comic case, books and then get right, right in back case, in your house. Yep. If you even have somebody deliver them to you, right up to your, you know, drive them right up to you with their shirt over their nose and hand yep. them to you. That's another yep. way, you know. Uh, so Todd and I attempt to guess what the others most looking forward to coming out this week. Uh, I am still in the lead with two correct guesses uh, over Todd. So, uh, Todd, you go first, sir. I'm looking at your giant list. Um, is the book you're looking forward to most Batman 91? It is uh, Batman 91, the continuation of the two new hit characters of 2020. Uh, not Deadshot and not Joker's daughter. Oh, okay. <laughs> Isn't that their names? Deadshot. Deadshot's from. Doesn't Do he? You... Uh, the collect. What's his name? The collector or no? The designer. Deadshot. Designer. The... His right. color scheme is very Deadshot. Yes, he looks like a. He looks like a, th- like some monarch. Uh, that Deadshot because he has the medals on his chest. Yeah. So I don't know what I don't know if he has perfect villain attendance at school or what to get he's those fancy medals. Dead shot. Yes, he is. He's he's uh, the fancy dead shot. Yes. And uh, Punchback or what's her name? 
Catwoman? No, what's the the Joker's girlfriend who's not his daughter, but his daughter done right? It's the Joker's daughter. No, what's the girl, the new girl? Oh, um, she punches lines, so her name is Punchline. Right. (laughs) If only Jeff Katz wasn't in hiding, he'd have a lawsuit against you. But be that as it may, and then from there, I think the book you're also looking forward to coming out this week is Batman number 91. If... Dollar Comics Justice League 1 from 1987 doesn't count. Yes, it's Batman 91. No, it does not count. It now, might have obviously, been... you have a compulsion where you have to have every iteration and version of this. Mm-hmm. Is there anything special or fancy in this version? You know what? I haven't gone through it yet. But what if there's new material, Joe? Just for this. What if they got the old crew back together to sell a dollar comic and put eight new pages in it? What if those new pages are the reason why Inferior 5 doesn't exist anymore? Oh, my God. It would be worth it. It would be worth it. I would sacrifice Inferior 5 and 6 for <laughs> uh, for extra pages in my Justice League dollar comic. There you go. I've been lax. I'm keeping an eye out. DC's doing a good job of getting those dollar books out there, you know? And they're selling better than the regular books sometimes. Oh, yeah? Yeah, a lot of those facsimile books. And I remember uh, Dan Didio complains like the, that the, the, industry's, the, the industry's upside down when those facsimile books and those dollar books, because the facsimile ones are a little more like the uh, reprints of Batman Adventures, which has the first Harley Quinn in comics and stuff like that. When they're selling better than some of our regular line, he goes, we're doing something wrong. And I remember that. And I was like, well, they must be selling pretty good for him to, you know, come out on a tirade like that. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's what cost him his job. Mm. (laughs) Well, while you're over at longboxheroes.com, be sure to check out all the other stuff that Todd and I have done uh, together with the past episodes of this show, past episodes of Longbox Heroes After Dark, the 2017 smash sensation todd and joe have issues you can also check out our store for shirts or stickers or pins and the pins are already in hand you don't have to wait for them to be delayed from coming from somewhere else uh of our fancy logo if you want even more stuff you can go over to our t public store which i understand is having a sale stretching through sunday as you're listening to this so uh now is the time to get some uh, fish math or when did blank become a business shirts. Now is the time. Right. You can also sign up for our Patreon. I'm not going to give you the full push for the Patreon. You know what it is. A dollar a month, $5 a month is going to get you two free, two extra shows from Todd and I Uh, previewing the past is going to be coming out new to the $5 folks this weekend. Babbling Brooks talking about Blazing Saddles will be coming out to everyone else on the Patreon. Go sign up uh, if you want extra content from us. Mm-hmm. You could also help us out by making any and all of your purchases through our Amazon click-through at the top of the page over at longboxheroes.com. Obviously and completely under- completely understandable, not a ton of purchases this past week, but we do appreciate any and all purchases made now, then, and forever. Uh, notable purchases made were someone purchased a USB C to C cable fast charger. And uh, I have passed on my fear of my device constantly running out of juice to my son. And my wife <laughs> hates me for it. 
Does your son have fear of baby ghosts too? So she, he's got bo- the best of both parents. No, he hasn't. He, he does have from her fear of many other things, uh, but not ghosts. Okay, being abducted—that's the one. Maybe uh, he he is afraid of the dark, but don't tell him I told you that. I won't. I'll keep it on the down low when I see him. Yep, and somebody picked up the digital edition of uh, Rise of Skywalker with bonus material. I think that just came out early this weekend as well, based on uh, everything that's going on in the world. Yes, as we mentioned before, you don't keep track of digital stuff or uh, movies coming out. I-, I think it was scheduled to come out like today, okay. and they just rolled it out like a couple days early. Right, Disney has that clout, Joe. It's almost like Disney, when you own all media, you could do whatever you want with the media. <laughs> Hmm. There might be something to that statement. Yeah, maybe. So, uh, you said no art attacks this week, correct? No, no art attacks, yes. And uh, we have TV talk this week. So, if you didn't watch or you don't care about Flash or Legends of Tomorrow, and I don't know why you wouldn't care about Legends of Tomorrow, it is the best show <laughs> on TV, we bid you adieu. Thanks for listening to episode 494, Longbox Heroes. And uh, we're going to take a break here. We're going to take a drink of water just before we get into the uh, TV shows. Lucky you. I want to say one good thing uh, before all of this stuff happened, Todd. Yes. I was able to pick up my Girl Scout cookies. Oh, uh, the the uh, drive the drive-in theater by my house had drive. You could drive in and get Girl Scout cookies the other day. Yeah, we ordered them from uh, Ace's little girlfriend. You know, she's a whatever. And every girl now does like the little cute video of like, oh, buy cookies or whatever. Mm-hmm. I did not get any cookies, and I'm sad. So I my wife had her order, and I go, what are you getting? And she's like, I have this, I have this, and I have a box of Thin Mints. I go, box. I go, here's a couple bucks. Get three more boxes. <laughs> oh, see, I'm only the peanut butter guy. And I, I like I, the- good. I want to say this. Uh, it, since we've had them since Sunday as we're recording this, I've only – and listen, judge however you want. I've mm. only eaten half a sleeve. Only? Oh, my goodness. Only res- half a sleeve in three days. Good for you. I'm just going to say I'm only a peanut butter guy. I, want, I like the chocolate-covered peanut butter ones, and I like the peanut butter sandwich ones. But to me, I, I look down on anybody who enjoys mint because I'm like, you enjoy eating toothpaste? Good for you. Chocolate toothpaste. Mm, even better. Two great tastes that go great together. Chocolate and toothpaste. That's my kid's opinion. Like, every year we get them, he and my wife. Like, I listen, I don't think there's a bad Girl Scout cookie. Mm-hmm. But there's just certain ones that are not mm-hmm. for me. Right. Somebody told me that the Walmart Great Value brand mint cookie is a suitable substitute mm-hmm. for uh, Thin Mints. And after I eat the three boxes that I have, I'll check that out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but every year when we get them, my wife always tries to push the uh, thin mints on my kid to get because like I like them, she likes them, pushes them on my kid. He doesn't like them. I say, "Good, I'm glad you don't like them." More for me. And then I say to my wife, "Stop trying to convince my kid to like the things that I do because then he'll eat the things that I do and there'll be less of it for me." That's why you get to eat all your rice during your Chinese meals, or you don't, because he. Eats you, well, all. that's the thing. He steals from her more than he steals from me, because oh. he knows he'll get a a, oh. a talking to. He'll get a fork in the hand. Oh boy! All right, Todd. TV. Where do you want to start? <laughs> Let's start with Flash, as we always do, because that's okay. the first. 
Uh, so this, again, I, I stay away from spoilers and whatnots and so forth. Uh, almost the full crew is here. We don't get the full crew anymore. No Ralph and uh, no Cecile, or I think brief Cecile. But uh, right. lots of stuff happened in this episode, man. Right, and no Chunk now that he's a series regular. Eh, he's not really, you know, he's... He's new enough. You know, he was in right. like one episode since they've come back from a crisis. He doesn't get that. T- like next season, if he's still around, he mm-hmm. can get that. T- he's not in the opening credits. How about that? There you go. That's how you rate. But Wally, uh, not in the opening credits, but he was back. And that was a pleasant surprise. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was back because uh, Barry destroyed the Speed Force. Yep. He damaged the Speed Force and Wally kind of felt it. And came home. I will admit, I'm not a fan of hippie Wally. Like one with Zan and all that. I just, that, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a fan of that. And I didn't like, I did like the way he came around at the end. It was like, you know, you destroyed the thing. It's like, yeah, this is what happened. And you would have done, and, and even he says, I would have done exactly what you did. So that was, that was kind of cool. But like I said, I'm, I'm, it's a high bar to leap for like, as we talked earlier about Jeff Johns and Mark Wade's Wally West, you know? Um, and I don't know, it just seems a bit, why, you know, a bit grumpy for my taste this Wally West show. <laughs> but like I said, we had a lot of other stuff going on as well. We had Cisco, of course, um, you know, kind of dealing with his adventures out there, trying to figure out everything that was wrong with post-crisis post-crisis stuff. And then how Wells and uh, Thawne fits into all of that, which was really cool, really interesting. And we get the big reveal that, uh, you know, Iris is mirror Iris. Right. My favorite part of the show was the the, the Cisco Thrawn stuff, because like when he figures like when he figures out who it is and he runs across the room and just pins him to the desk and does the hand thing. And he's like, and I'm like, yeah, it's not going to work because you don't have any powers. And he, and he puts it down. He goes, but my favorite thing is I got chills when he goes, I don't need powers to kill you. And he just starts choking him. But my, the only problem with that scene was I thought Cisco was going to use his vibe powers on him. I'm like, are they gone again after crisis? Like there's a lot of stuff after crisis I'm confused about. You know, like I understand the not understanding the Wells stuff because they're building that mystery. But it's like you gave them powers. Were they only for crisis and now they're gone? Like, how does this work? Answer that question. It's almost as though they didn't mm-hmm. plan this out very well. And now mm-hmm. the Flash, the show, like <laughs> Arrow was able to do anything that it wanted here toward the end. Because mm-hmm. like, yeah, we're done. It's now your problem to fix. <laughs> And Ledges is like, Ledges we don't care. Like, yeah, we sent two people over. They're going to be loosely affiliated. And uh, yeah, you figure out the rest. Flash, you're the longest tenured show. So now all of these problems are yours to deal with. That's right. I'm just so, excited for next year's Hypertime crossover. Can't wait. Maybe the turtle uh, come back. I'm no, sorry. They'd have to call it Crisis in Hypertime. Oh, Hyper Crisis. This is because that, um, that Crisis branding means so much. It does. It's the secret wars of the DC universe. Um, but I, yeah, I just I'm 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 looking forward to some of these answers and where they go. I don't know. Right. I, I liked a lot of the stuff that we got, and we did get a ton of stuff in this episode. 
Um, you know, and then obviously the end, we're in spoiler talk, we're talking about the TV show, we're assuming everyone watched it, how Thawne said that he created his own speed force, that's why he still has his powers, and Barry's like, well, if he did it, we're just gonna make our own speed force, right? That, that, he, that will backfire on us, right? Everyone? Well, yeah, sure, and I still want them to publish that who's who binder of cards. Every time, every time they show it, I'm like, not only is that awesome, they're just leaving that money on the table, because... So mm-hmm. many people would buy that. I would. I wonder if there's a lot of licensing problems. Like you have all those actors, you have to get like their permission, or eh, for sure they sign stuff beforehand. But then maybe they get a taste of that that you know that really good who's who card money that they that they'd get. Yep. And get their beaks wet on that. But Flash was good, and uh, you know we got one more episode, and then they're. Going on their uh, Corona-inspired hiatus. Mm-hmm. Now, Todd, let's get into Legends of Tomorrow. <laughs> Did anything happen on Legends of Tomorrow, Joe? Uh, could this? <laughs> so, you know, we, we peaked, and by we, I mean me. I, we peaked at the episode titles when this was coming back, and I saw that they were doing this uh, Mr. Rogers pastiche, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't read what the episodes are about. I don't want to know what's going on. But when this episode, I could make an argument that this is the best episode of Legend of Tomorrow to date. I would disagree that it's, but it's close. I look back at some like that, uh, that one where they, where they had puppets, Joe. I don't know if you know that they have puppets beforehand. Puppets of tomorrow. In this one. Exactly, it's there. The only problem is now it makes me think of some wrestler's stupid funhouse. But uh, I'm with you. I, this episode was great, but I think it's one A maybe. But it is up there. So where where I get, where we go into this, of course, is the encore for this week's episode is Nora's father, Damien DeHark, mm-hmm. and boy, oh boy. He gives a tour de force performance <laughs> in this episode. Yep. He is remarkable. It's he is a character that we have seen be the epitome of evil in any and all of his previous performances. Mm-hmm. And now here he comes, and I want to give him credit, uh, co-star of Paul Blart and Mall Cop 2, <laughs> Neil McDonough. Gotta put a little uh respect in the man. That's right. Uh, so he comes into this episode, and you see him. And if you're a, a viewer of the show, and just his visage, his name, everything about him instills this this feeling, this sense of dread. And in this episode, he's a doting father who's happy that his little girl has continued in his line of evil magic. And then she, in a Three's Company-style series of lie upon lie upon lie, is Mm -hmm. trying to stay one step ahead of the rest of her bumbling compatriots to not upset her super evil father, who is completely acting against type of what we've ever seen of him in this show. And then, of course, you got the stuff where Ray was going to propose to Nora. Uh, You get... John being sent off on the wild goose chase because Zari doesn't want him to find the loom. And then we have our sea story. And Todd, this is how good of an episode this is. The sea story is 
Mick fighting with trolls online who are critiquing his book. <laughs> Twist. It's his bastard daughter. Oh, I thought you were actually going to do a phrase there for a second. How good it was about, you know, a, a cook smooch kind of a thing. But, nope, uh, I don't do that. I know, but I'm with you. And I'm so mad you beat me to the threes company. Like what it is. I'm watching this. I'm like, all they need is to ke- also be keeping a pet that they're keeping from the landlord so that he doesn't know about it. Like, like if Mr. Like uh, Ralph Furley showed up, it's like, what are you keeping a cat in here? Like it's the only way it could have got better. I was dying, right? Watching this whole episode as it went on to the whole, th- what? Nothing, I'm listening to you. I thought you said something. Where he goes, where the whole thing of Gary's flickering in and out because when you figure it out that Damian Dark tied him to the railroad tracks in the past and they have to go back because he was cleaning up Bebo bits and he was singing the song and then he he, uh, Damian DeHark steals his time travel wristband. So that's how he gets there. And I'm like, everything in this is perfect to, like you said, Damien calling when he thinks that he's she's marrying Johnny C. And he kept calling him Johnny C. And it was killing me. Like, I was cracking up at all of it to John Constantine when he gets fooled to maybe go to the Antarctic. He's in Captain Cold's parka and has the goggles on. I'm like, give me that John... Co- After DJ uh, S'more Money action figure... I want the John Constantine in Captain Cold Garb action figure. I was crying through this whole episode. And then, then, because I don't know if you if you know this because you weren't watching Arrow, um, they did mention it in Legends of Tomorrow that Sarah's sister was killed by Damien. So she's like, I want to murder him with Khan's sword. And a Genghis Khan, not Wrath of Khan. And he and you're like, okay, but she ends up giving in to Nora and you know does the whole bumbling thing. And then at the end, I thought maybe Nora was actually or Nora uh, Sarah was actually gonna get her revenge for her sister, but in the end, Damien knows what he has to do and he ends up stabbing himself. And I was like, the whole like I got goosebumps like when that happened that he he's like I know what's gonna happen I have to do evil but I came to see my daughter instead and he ends himself I'm like this episode was good from beginning to end yes uh nice. like I said uh I, I would have to go back and watch the entire run of Legends of Tomorrow which you know I I'd like to have time to, to be able to do that I think but, you might have some coming up but go ahead well Fingers crossed. We shall see. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I have a feeling that this is... Uh, if I was to try to convince you, the listener, to watch this show, watch this show. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you know this. I always w- was curious. But do you know Courtney Ford, who plays Nora, is actually married to Brandon Routh? No, I didn't know that. Since 2007, they are married. Actual, uh, you know, husband and wife. I wonder if Brandon Routh had asked uh, Damian Dark to, to for her hand in marriage. Hmm. I'd like but, to think he retroactively did once they were cast as a uh, father and daughter. Yes, but I, I just I, I found that out like a week or so ago, and I forgot to tell you. And I was like, that's really cool, and especially now that they're getting married on the show and they had their wedding. And I thought the wedding was really touching too, the way it was done. Yeah, all around good. And, uh, you know, and they throw like a little thing in there possibly to write them off the show for a little bit, maybe. Right. 
So, you know, obviously there's stuff in there that does pay off, as you mentioned, longtime viewers of the show, but I think it gives you everything you need. Like, any mm-hmm. payoff things for longtime viewers isn't distracting enough mm-hmm. that it would take you out of the episode. I, I want one of those safe space sombreros or whatever it was, Joe. Because after Scoots Magoots, whatever they called it was like the safe space sombrero or whatever. I was like, this show is getting better and better. And if they don't market this stuff, they're like you said, they're just leaving money on the table. Yeah, well, and again, it's it's. I don't think any of these uh, CW shows have a ton of merchandising, unfortunately. But this show definitely has the most merchandising potential mm-hmm. that is being left on the table in Legends of Tomorrow. <laughs> the fact <laughs> that what Bebo was a season ago, two seasons ago, True. and there's no Bebo dolls, replica, Funko Pops, or whatever. Mm-hmm. It is the greatest tragedy since there's no business bear Funko Pop. That's how bad it is. Ugh. No one knows what that is. But anyway. So, yeah, that's it. That that was the week. I think we definitely turned it around with uh, mm-hmm. where I was feeling before. If you listen to these shows in the correct listening order. <laughs> right. Now, if you're listening in the other direction, eh, not so great. Right, Joe? I, I expect to get a lot of uh, uh, text messages and direct messages come Friday and... <laughs> You know, I'll probably forget what I talked about on Tuesday because that's the way my goldfish mind works. Mm -hmm. And I'll just look sadly at my phone on Friday when nothing comes in. That's right. So if you listen to After Dark this week and you have any questions or concerns about me, send them to Todd. (laughs) I can answer all your questions. That's right. Whatever his his official company line is, is what it is. That's right. You're probably going to get more uh, people contacting you after I contact uh, talk to them right. because I'm going to make up a whopper, Joe. I was going to say, would it somehow giving you responsibility to tell others about my mental and physical well-being somehow backfire on me horribly? <laughs> Let's see. I'm willing to take the chance that it won't. As I always say, what can happen? Yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you very much for bearing with us. Hopefully this was a fun episode of uh, the show for you. Closing out episode 494 of Longbox Heroes. For Todd, this is Joe saying thanks for listening, and we'll see you all here next week. Remember, be a faucet, not a drain. Boop! You're listening to the soon-to-be-named network, the Lamborghini of Podcast Network.